the Damaged Goods Podcast. Ah. Whew. Gotta decompress. You gotta decompress. At least the Snake Man's gotta decompress. I need to hold on. You're gonna hear me take a uh, a swig of cognac to decompress. Oh, man. I'm reeling from a near-death encounter. Oh, by the way, it's Jake the Snake. Damage Goods Podcast. I'm flying solo. Um, this episode is kind of a, a my year-end wrap-up. I know that's kind of corny and cliche, and this didn't come out last week because of things going on, but it's not really my year-end wrap. It's kind of like my best-ofs and my least-ofs, and it's only interesting because it's me doing it. It's it's funny. I have a unique perspective. I'm I'm paraphrasing what others might hopefully say about me. Anyway, so I'm going to get to that. Dude, my heart is fucking racing. Uh, there's this, like, dugged-out squirrel in uh, my neighborhood, and I, I've never seen an animal like this. Usually squirrels are quick to scurry off. You know, you walk by. Dude, this thing, he's been thugging around here for a while. This squirrel's like a squirrel that just got out of jail. He came back. This is was his turf, and he's trying to reclaim it. Like, I shit you not, the fucking neighbor's dogs are scared of it. The cats, which are hunters, they kill rodents, dude. Terrified of this fucking squirrel. I'm terrified of this fucking squirrel. Dude, I've been in the ocean with monstrous creatures that lurk about. Been close to bears. I've killed things like centipedes and millipedes and crazy bats. And I've been in all kinds of crazy shit, dude. Uh, this fucking squirrel had me shook today. I I go out. I'm walking out my front door to um, throw away some trash, some garbage, some rubbish. If you were my uncles or grandfathers, I'm going to throw out this rubbish. And my girl's inside, and she's on the couch. She can kind of see out, and I say, oh, shit. And she knows about this dog-down squirrel, too. So I go, oh, shit. Fucking squirrel's right there. And she's like, well, shut the door. So I shut the door behind me. As soon as I shut the door, this motherfucker, I swear to God, I swear on my grandfather's grave, on everything that is holy and righteous in, on this world, everything I've ever said in damaged goods, I swear to God this happened. I shut the door behind me after my girlfriend's uh, panicking request. This fucking thugged-out motherfucking squirrel Gets on his back legs, his hind legs, if you will. <laughs> this motherfucker gets on his hind legs and takes two steps towards me. I swear to God, this dude walked at me like, what, motherfucker? And Jake the Snake was a little scared. Dude, I've, I've been close to bears and I've been this scared. I've, had, I've been shot at a couple times. I've never been this scared in a long time, dude. And so I go, chill, motherfucker, chill. And he, he puts his front legs back down and kind of chills. And I walk to take the garbage away. I look back. He kind of stepping towards me. I'm like looking at him. I'm talking out loud to the squirrel, hoping he can hear me. Like, chill, motherfucker. Come on, dude, chill. Dude. Keeps walking. Whatever. I go throw the trash away. I throw the recycling away. I hope recycling does something. I don't think it does. But anyway, I hope it does. So I threw the recycling away. I'm walking back. Now this dude pops out the cut. I don't know where he was hiding for that minute I was gone. Now he's behind me again. I turn around. On his fucking back legs again. His hind legs, if you will. On him again. I keep walking. I turn back around. And now he's on his regular Ford legs. And he's moving at me, dude. He's looking like, dude, like, is he on meth? Is he rabid? I mean, he is in a tough-ass squirrel. So I get in the house. I'm freaking out. We got the windows open because it's nice out in Southern California. And my girl here is the neighbors. There's a girl that lives, like, next door. We can hear her kind of panicking, and she's talking to some other woman about what else the fucking thugged out squirrel that came back to claim his turf that we all happen to live on. It's like knowing your house was built on a Native American burial ground or some shit. They're terrified. You can hear them rushing into their apartment, shutting the door violently behind them. Why? Because of this fucking squirrel, dude. He is thugged out. 
Like he's jacked. Like he's been doing pull-ups on the bar. I shit you not. So um, I go back out to peek to see what's all the commotion about because I hear my neighbor scream. He's like halfway between my door and her door outside. And he looks at me again. And I go, oh shit. And Johanna, my girl, freaks out, tries to shut the door on me, literally lock me out and leave me to the beasts. Leave me to the wild to be torn up to shreds by this perhaps rabid, perhaps methed out, thugged out squirrel who's definitely been doing pull-ups. It tells me a lot about our relationship. I think I got to reevaluate some things, dude. I was left for dead. So yeah, my heart fucking beating and I'm, I had to swig some of this cognac, dude. Hold on, let's get it again. Ah, oh, Christ almighty. Thank you for bearing with the snake man on that tirade. Now we can proceed with the program on damaged goods. So yeah, right, you're ready to end wrap-ups. I have a thing against this. This is kind of a satirical one, I guess. A lot of, um, from my days in the music industry, a lot of music media outlets, whether they were traditional magazines, mostly, well, I guess, blogs and websites and outlets such as that. Uh, some time ago, I can't really call when this trend might have started. I tell you, my main man, Dart Adams, who also has a podcast, Darts, Dart Against Humanity, um, he would pride and be able to pinpoint when this and how this kind of evolved. He's a real sharp dude. Uh, but anyway, some time ago, these these media outlets and, and mainly in music, but I would see you know and other things. They do these year end wrap ups, which is really just like a list where they say best this, worst that. But you know, um, and they're always lame. And people always bicker, and it's kind of like a clickbait piece, you know, a hit piece. So it, it gets people, whether you, depending on what team you're on, you know, because people polarize themselves with things. Uh, people get it, into it, a supportive of the, the article, the piece, or very much against it. Either way, it drives traffic, it drives attention, it drives hits, it drives reading, whatever, all that shit. So it's like a sensationalized way to do things and also a way to kind of get around to circumvent having to do any real journalism or reporting or have any real content. It's kind of a cheap move. So I thought I would uh, do my own little damage goods version, Snake Man style. But I mean, it's 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 real. None of this shit is like fake, but it's 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 only kind of funny because it's my shit. And maybe it's not even funny. Maybe it's just interesting. Maybe it's not. Maybe you share some of the same interests I do. Because I talk about shit in here, anything from music and albums to um, movies to skateboarding to things of that nature. And this is not organized. You know when I do the solo podcast like this, or with the you know guest on, I don't do editing. We don't fucking get into that. I hove this shit. I want to take it. Um, so, you know, bear with me if it seems mildly unorganized. You know, I just almost got murdered by a fucking squirrel, dude. Yo, he was jacked and big. I don't know. I was thinking, getting some cashews, right? I sneak out the house. I drop a cashew. He follows me. I just keep walking down the way to the cutty alley, dropping little cashews. Hands and Gretel in this motherfucker until we like lure him to a lair where it's safe and maybe we do away with him or maybe we just leave the bag of the cashews at somebody else's house and residence area so he goes there. We kind of just put him in exile and dump him on somebody else. You know, I don't know. Just spitballing here, guys. Right in with your fucking uh, options. Anyway, we started off. Ah, all right. How about hangover of the year? You know, I still like to push my boundaries. You know, people who haven't gotten real sick or had a rough day the next day lately in their late 20s or 30s at party, you're not really pushing yourself anymore. It's a little disappointing. I like to push my boundaries. You know, that's why I do things that I do. Um, two come to mind off top. I'm sure there's actually way worse ones in here, but these ones are memorable. Uh, one was at my cousin's wedding. He got married in Virginia. It was in the summertime, kind of hot. 
She drank a lot of wine at this thing the night before. This wasn't even a wedding. It was the thing the night before, whatever that's called. And I just, wine, champagne, red wine, white wine, just orange wine, just a lot. Dries you out. And then they had rented an Airbnb to a spot where they were going to do like a little party, him and his girl and their friends and shit. And they're young, a little younger than me, but good, good kids. Um, but yo, me and my girl are just getting wasted. And I've also got wild family members getting wasted, so I'm just like in the fucking drinking zone, you know? And um, all right, like speed it up, Snake Man. Make a fucking long story short. Um, we take a fucking Uber to meet my cousin and his friends at this place and it's in these cuts of Virginia, these windy ass roads, dude, windy's a motherfucker and I have this thing lately where if I'm drunk in the back seat I get super fucking headachy uh, I felt like shit, we get into the fucking I don't even think I said anything to my girl or the Uber driver, we get out, we just walk into the motherfucking party, I still don't even see my cousin yet, I make a beeline for the bathroom big boy style, pulls the trigger, blah blah um, get it out of me, get the poison out, rinse my mouth out, shake it off, come out there, have one drink to like act like I'm having a good time. Uh, I don't think I even finished it. I was like fake drinking it. And uh, yeah, that was pretty rough. That wasn't even much of a hangover, except I felt like shit the next day. Um, The big one was Thanksgiving. Las Vegas, Nevada, Nevada, perhaps, even. Slayer, with Slayer, we're working. Um, It's the night before Thanksgiving. We have a show at the MGM in Vegas. It's a crazy show. We have a day off next day in Thanksgiving. Uh, and the band's going to take us out to a fancy dinner at uh, the fucking famous chef Chris Santos from New York. Um, he's on that chop show. He's restaurant Beauty and Essex in Vegas. It's going to be a big dinner. The band, the crew, some family of theirs and shit too. But I'm going out. The show's over. I'm partying. I'm drinking, partying with some band members, some other famous people that were there backstage. We're getting a little fady. I got a homie who's a DJ at a strip club in Vegas. He sends a limousine over, snatches up the snake, man. I go over there. I'm with him in the DJ booth taking shots of fucking, um, not cognac that night, tequila. Lots of them. Just getting absolutely wrecked. The night is going on. And then he's done with his shift. It's like 4 a.m. We bounce. Go to some other bar. Go to some other bar. This is so many shots and things and other stuffies later. I'm dying. I cut myself off. I got to bounce. I leave him. He's in the company of some women. I'm sure he'll be fine. I go back to the hotel, pull the trigger, of course, before I go to bed. I don't like to wake up with a headache, but I was dying the next day, dude. It's Thanksgiving. It's 2.30 in Vegas. That means my family all on the East Coast. It's like 5.30. They've already had their meal. I've been the bad son and grandson who hasn't called. I haven't spoken to my girl. She's back in L.A. It's 2.30, and I can't even get out of his fucking bed. And I'm like, dude, how the fuck am I going to go to Thanksgiving dinner with Slayer and shit? I think I'm just going to bail. Thank God I didn't. I shook it off. I had a beer. I got bounced back like a motherfucker. Went to this meal. It was incredible, tasty, and I felt like shit through the whole way. Anyway, all right, skater of the year. I know a lot of you probably don't give a fuck. Uh, The skater of the year this year was Milton Martinez, this Argentinian madman. Um, I think he definitely deserved it. He had some sick parts, and he just does crazy shit. Uh, Miles Silvers is like the most incredible skater. He could have easily got it. Alex Midler, uh, Tiago, sick Brazilian dude. All those dudes just had retarded years. They could have all got it. I think the reason Milton Martinez got it, for you guys who don't know, Jake Phelps, who's the editor-in-chief of Thrasher for like ever, passed away this year. Um, if some of you guys are not really into skateboarding, maybe you watch that show on Vice. Uh, what was the fucking show called? King of the Road. Well, that crazy guy with like the dark rim glasses, older dude who was always there. That's Jake Phelps from Thrasher. Very big figure in skateboarding. And he passed. And uh, Skater of the Year is an award that is given by Thrasher. And, and I think Milton Martinez was a skater that 
Jake Phelps loved. I mean, we know he loved him, but I think like he embodied kind of the Thrasher mentality and the, the ethos that Jake Phelps kind of pushed. And so he was a perfect fit for it. And he kick flipped into that fucking car wash shit in Hollywood, which is insane. So good for Milton. Ha! Album of the year. And you know I listen to all kinds of genres of music, so um, I'm this is this is going over the whole spectrum. I'm going with Bandana, Freddie Gibbs, Madlib. I love I love those two. Um, Pinata was fucking a, not only a classic album but a hit hard for me at a certain period so it holds a special place in my heart a little place in my heart but um, this album was uh, anticipated for a while and fucking delivered I have this fear as I get older that things that I highly anticipate tend to let me down more because I just carved this special place out of my mind of what it could be so I'm really extra surprised and impressed when something lives up to it I even reward it more and Bandana did very fucking, um, very fucking much. Uh, comeback of the year. Who had a good comeback of the year? I have to probably say Eddie Murphy, dude. Look, Raw Delirious, early Eddie, 48 hours, coming to America. This dude was unstoppable. And then we all know he fell off with these, you know, movies geared toward children. And, and this happens to a lot of the greats, dude. Um, you know? And uh, uh, this comeback thing is also maybe, um, a tie, and it's between two comedians, one who suffers from the same thing I'm trying to describe and Eddie Murphy for doing. Anyway, the Dolomite movie, it wasn't a laugh-out-loud movie, but it was a good movie. It was actually, this sounds corny coming out of my mouth, but it was a feel-good movie. Um, and and uh, I liked it. I thought it was all good, and I, it was dope to see Eddie Murphy come back and something of his to get like well-received, and then I didn't watch SNL, but I heard he killed it on that shit. And then the other dude that ties with this is kind of Adam Sandler. And maybe Adam Sandler never fell off in most people's mind. mind he kind of did, doing a lot of these children movies, right? He went from the guy with, like, the cocking balls and the goat, pass it over here, man, shit, when we were in middle school. That shit was hilarious. And then, he, you know, the child movies that just whatever. Comes back, and not only does he make a comeback, he doesn't even go with the comedic route. He jumps on the Softy Brothers train, two of my favorite directors from fucking Queens, who did Good Time and Heaven Only Knows. The fucking Uncut Gems movie, which is a phenomenal movie, and he crushed it in that. Like, you know, they're talking Oscar nominations for this dude, so um, that's another great comeback. Actor of the year. Who had the best performance of the year? Um, man, probably gotta be Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. Um, you know, I love the movie too, but and Joaquin's one of the best actors out. Very method, very ill. What he does when he loses weight, puts on weight, work, does movies out of wheelchairs and fake limps and all that. It's fucking, I'm just really, really appreciating when that dedicated the craft, dude. It's really, it's really incredible. Um, movie of the year. I got a tie. I now, I got to preface this by saying, I didn't see a few movies I really wanted to see. I didn't see The Lighthouse. I didn't see Monos. I haven't seen Parasite. I haven't seen Little Women. Uh, I want to see these movies. I want to see Ford vs. Ferrari just to see Christian Bale. I really could care less for the rest of the movie. But these movies I want to see, so it's not like I'm discounting them. From what I saw... My movie of the year is a tie between Uncut Gems, which I just talked about, and The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, the Last Black Man in San Francisco is this indie flick I really try to catch in the theaters. Went really quick, but it's on Amazon Prime. So if you motherfuckers do the Prime thing, go check it out. Um, the title kind of explains a little bit what it's about. You know, man with a city he loves that kind of left him behind, but there's more to it than that. And if anyone's ever spent time in the Bay Area or is from there, you kind of get the drift of it. You know, the city's changed dramatically in 20 years and even more so less than that. Um, some argue that it's a shell of itself. 
uh, and that's a sad thing. I know a lot of cities, my hometown, kind of the same way. Um, but this movie's beautiful. The, the direction, the shots, the way he edits the music in and out, and I'm slipping on the director's name, but it is phenomenal. It's beautiful. It's touching. It's warm, but not feel good warm. It's like sentimentally warm. It's got some dark parts. It's got comedic elements. Um, great acting. Uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Boom. Biggest disappointment. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Disappointment, like, it doesn't mean it was totally trash as basura, garbage, rubbish, but it just means, you know, in my mind, in the Snake Man's world, I carved out a special place I thought this was going to live up to, and it doesn't. doesn't mean I don't like these things, but my disappointment is a tie between a movie and an album. The movie being The Irishman by Scorsese and the album being Lost Tapes 2 by Nas. Before everyone jumps down my throat, let me tell you this. Scorsese is one of my favorite directors, and Nas is one of my favorite artists of all genres, okay? The reason being, um, Irishman, I, the book, I Heard Your Penthouse, as I read over a decade ago. I've been so excited for this to be made into a movie. I know the story intimately. Um, I thought Joe Pesci was phenomenal. Best supporting actor all day should win for that. Um, I thought Pacino was actually pretty good, and Stephen Graham was great as Tony Pro. De Niro was not as good as I thought, and ah, I don't know. I think Scorsese could have done a little better. It was good. It wasn't great, and it you know it wasn't terrible. But I, I was hoping for more. The de aging shit just didn't work for me. I didn't buy it with, with De Niro at all. It just didn't look good when he's like shooting. He looks like an old man holding a gun, or when he's beating people up. You know, it just didn't work for me. Um, and then the Lost Tapes too, man. Let me say this. The Lost Tapes 1, or just The Lost Tapes, is my second favorite Nas album after uh, Illmatic. Then it was written. Lost Tapes 1 is phenomenal. Picture painting, the, the, the imagery, the gray, rainy day rap vibes. I love it. Um, and this one, I could tell which albums each song was recorded during the process of. and The mixes on some just sounded shitty. He, the beats just sounded lazy. Like There were some really good joints on there. Really good. And then there just wasn't, there was, it was half and half, and I was bummed out. Plus, you build up the hype more to these things, expectations are higher. Um, what was slept on this year? Slept on, underappreciated. Um, movies like Piranhas, a nice Italian flick. Um, First Love, Takashi Maike, another flick of his. Eighth Grade, really sad, little touching, warm movie, but um, kind of dealing with social media and young kids. Directed by Bo Burnham, a comedian who's actually from Massachusetts. So, those are the slept on joints. Ah, slept on albums. Um, so much shit I like is slept on, so it's hard for me to really tell, but, uh, I don't know. Whatever. Just go check Bandana out. Health thing. What was the new, dopest little health things that I came across this year? One is this, these Goli apple cider vinegar gummies. The company's Goli. G-O-L-I. Um, I drink apple cider vinegar for a lot of reasons. Talk about it on here. Sometimes when you're on the go, you can't carry a big-ass bottle of Bragg's in your motherfucking bag. These little apple cider vinegar gummies are good. They're tasty, but they're good. You take a couple of them, they kind of help do the same thing. The other thing I said was the detox tea. So now I drink this shit every morning before my coffee, before my veggie juice or my smoothie or my whatever breakfast I'm eating or whatever. Boil some water, hot water. Um, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. Lemon, fresh lemon juice, um, a little cinnamon, a little cayenne, right? Less than the cinnamon. A little ginger. You can use ginger powder or fresh ginger if you boil it. And some honey. Stir that shit up and drink it before you have anything else. All right. Um, slept on. What else? Oh, slept on albums, I guess. There was some slept on albums. I kind of, I just kind of missed that. I can't read my own fucking handwriting. It looks like hieroglyphics, so bear with the snake man. 
Um, Mac Homie put out some dope albums. Blood Orange album was tight. Um, but I think the biggest slept on album was the Raphael Sadiq album. And it's funny because usually he's a big hitter. He don't drop albums very often. When they hit, especially his genre of music, it kind of lasts longer. It has a greater impact. And I just felt like nobody I knew even heard that album. And it was a really good album. I was surprised. But, you know, so be it. Sometimes these things happen, right? Oh, Jake. Jake, what's your favorite podcast? What podcast do you listen to? Being that I have one. Um, I listen to different ones. And I always like when I find new ones. And some years I probably listen to certain ones more than others. So this year, the podcast that I either learned about or listened to the most was um, a Jimmy Dore podcast, which is, I think it's called The Jimmy Dore Show. It's um, It's humorous, but it's political-based. And I just kind of dig a lot of his... Uh, perspectives and views and the way he presents it it's not corny when it's comedic it's it's applicable and it's funny uh fire in the hole podcast with jimmy martinez new york comedian i like that a lot um there's this one called assassinations and it's just it's like a historical podcast if you want to nerd out but it breaks down different assassinations of famous people everybody like franz ferdinand to um jfk to malcolm x to all these people not just politicians but um you know musicians artists and it's interesting man it's really interesting very well done tour of the year like music tour of the year dude come on that's predictable i'm gonna say slayer this was uh their final world tour retiring and i've been working for those dudes for four years so it was Incredible tour, dude. It was awesome around the world for like the last few years, but this year it ended uh, with two back-to-back sold-out shows in L.A. at the Forum, which they wanted to do. They were insane. The last couple shows, I mean, the amount of fucking celebrities running around backstage. You had everybody from like fucking Metallica to Post Malone to Jason Momoa, uh, Bill Burr, the guys who did South Park. Um, I mean, tons more people I'm blanking out on. It was It was nuts. Um, and those guys are a fucking pleasure to work for, and all the crew to them. I miss them. It was a good experience. Very, very proud, very lucky. Um, and I'm definitely not going to listen to too much loud music for a little while. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so now I'm checking out. The next time you guys hear my voice, I'm going to be uh, south of the border, stepping out this bitch. It might be a solo podcast from the road somewhere mysteriously in Mexico on the side of the beach, or probably with some guests down there. It'll be at the Toto Santos Music Festival. Um, and, uh, yeah, the reason why you haven't been getting as many podcasts back to back to back like I'd like is I got the book coming out. It's done now. It's called Quicksand. Um, I was just doing a lot of shit for it. I actually got it the other day, the test pressing, like the author copy, what they call it. It's like a physical copy that you have to read and go through and then you approve it, sign it, tell the publisher it's all good to go, and then it goes into production. I was too scared to open it the first two days. Finally opened it, read through it all, double-checked everything, and I was happy with it. Um, so it's it's in production. It should be out soon. You're gonna hear me promoting the fuck out of it. You know, I'll be telling you where to get it on the Amazons, the Kindles, the Barnes and Nobleses, the my website, the independent mom and pop bookstores, all that shit. But uh, it took a little while to get other other shit behind the scenes done. So that's why you got less damaged goods. But it's great. I'm excited for it. Except I'm terrified. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm terrified for it to come out. It's an autobiographical collection of short stories and poems. Um. So it's very personal, but it's not like I'm scared about what I'm talking about about me, because if you listen to this podcast, or even if you listen to me on Rain and Real on Dash Radio, uh, I'm pretty fucking open, dude. I'm pretty vocal about shit. I don't really have anything to hide, and I'm open about my shit, but that's not what it is. I mean, everyone's names are changed in the book, but, you know, you read it, you're going to know it's you, and I got family members and probably some friends. Probably some ex-lady friends that are going to read it and not be so happy. I'm mainly nervous about my mother and my grandmother reading it. 
And I don't say anything bad about anybody. I'm not even taking a stance or an opinion or nothing. I'm literally just telling stories how they happened. I'm trying to be impartial. I mean, I throw myself under the bus without throwing anyone else under, you know. Don't worry. I'm not taking any high ground here. But I am a little worried for some people to read some things out loud that, you know, things that happen in our lives. Sometimes we know and we deal with at the time, but we hope they get buried in time. You know, especially if they're over five years, 10 years, 20 years old. Or sometimes we don't like to acknowledge them out loud. Or sometimes we don't want people to know about them. You know? And I'm fucking scared. There's parts of this book I wanted to edit last minute. I was freaking out because, you know, I'm not incriminating anybody. I'm not saying anything terrible. Any deep, dark secrets is going to ruin, ruin anyone's lives. But, you know, I was scared. And I, I was thinking about censoring my art because I didn't want to hurt some people's feelings. Something I kind of talk about in the book. But I really wanted to give this shit its pure form that I put it in, that I envisioned it, envisioned it to have, you know, and uh, and then I ultimately stuck with and gave you guys and gave myself. I didn't edit the shit out. I didn't take it out. Uh, I was scared. I thought I was going to, but I'm proud of myself for not. But now I'm just absolutely fucking terrified for some personal people in my life to read it. But hopefully you guys dig it and uh, nobody fucking writes me a death threat. Anyway, yeah. All right, y'all, this episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast is brought to you by Elite Botanicals. And now from Elite Botanicals comes Elite's Health and Wellness CBD Soft Gels. 75, that's right, 75 milligrams per capsule. All cannabinoid-rich hemp plants cultivated, extracted, and formulations completed by Elite Botanicals in their farms and in their labs to ensure that you are receiving the highest quality product. In addition to the 75 milligrams of active compounds from the organic whole plant hemp extract, their gel caps are formulated with refined organic hemp seed oil with over 77% of essential fatty acids. This includes 400 milligrams of omega-6, omega-3, and omega-9 in a perfectly balanced ratio per capsule. I'm on tour with Slayer. I jacked my leg up skateboarding a few days before, my knee and my leg, killing me. I, I use CBD stuff. I tend to find it works sometimes for me, helping with pain. It's killing me out there. I get this elite botanical shit. Boom. Dude, really works. Not snake oil like a lot of these other brands. You're getting 75 milligrams per capsule. Like, I actually felt it go away so I could do my dang job. You buy some of these, you might buy a 100 milligram bag of CBD gummies. You're piecing that out, what, 20 milligrams per day, five days? It's not doing anything, especially if you're a big guy. You need more milligram dosage. This is the most affordable brand with this in a high concentration, and it works. I swear and buy it. That's why it's here as a sponsor, Elite Botanicals. Check them out at EliteBotanicals.com or your leading retailer.